You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Live Devotions. Thank you for joining me today. Jesus is coming is the title of this devotion. I don't know about you, but I just so am excited about the day in which we're living in. You know, a little interesting history here. In 1889 or 98, around those days, you had people like Tyndale, somebody who wrote a translation of the Bible, the Tyndale Bible. You have many great, phenomenal men of God, Andrew Murray, and Ian Bounds and so many others who were living, D.O. Moody, in those days, D.O. Moody, phenomenal evangelist. Oh, I want to encourage you to go online and listen to his books narrated or the books of Andrew Murray narrated. And you could just go to Librivox.com, L-I-B-R-I-V-O-X, Librivox.com, and it's free of charge to listen to these books. Anyway, they all were convinced that the time had come. Jesus was returning. Israel would be restored as a nation and the Lord would return on the Mount of Olives and so forth, these prophecies that are in the scriptures. And it is true, the world changed. That was a phenomenal change that took place. Incredible revival began to break loose in the early 1900s in, in, in Africa at the end of 18, uh, you know, 1890s and, and 1900, 1910, 1920. Uh, there was phenomenal revival among the Brewer, uh, Brewers. Um, yeah, I forgot those names, but in South Africa, incredible revival broke out in the days of Andrew Murray. An incredible revival in Azusa Street, in Los Angeles, incredible revival in Wales, with Evan Roberts, and it's all happened in those days. And, and there was a First and Second World War. And in between the beginning and the, of the First World War and the end of the Second World War, I think was about 30 years altogether. And from the beginning to the end, or maybe a little less, but somewhere around then, what, uh, 1918, to 1945, so you can calculate that's a little less, uh, it's 27 years, isn't it? Anyway, the whole world changed. You had the Ottoman Empire, that was the the, the Turkish nation, the Ottoman Empire, it disappeared. You had the Habsburg Empire, the Tsarist Empire, Russian Tsarist Empire, all these empires, they, they were gone. They didn't exist anymore after the Second World War. In 1912, President Woodrow Wilson of the United States accepted uh, the beginning of the Federal Reserve Board and a whole new world currency for trading came into being and the dollar became the world trading currency or the value of of other currencies. and the whole world order changed. Israel in 1948 became a nation. 
and all these different things happened. So the world completely changed and the change that took place from that time to this time is absolutely astronomical. Now, everybody was convinced Jesus was coming and the world did completely change. We have been living in that new world order. We've been living in a new financial system that was then developed at that time and in the whole new world order. We've been living in it. And we can see what has happened over the last hundred years since this all started and uh, 70 years. But now we are again in a time of change. Now we're again like in those days in the time of change and the world is changing right in front of our eyes. And there's much to be said about that and there's much to learn. But what is important, dear friends? Yes, you had the new financial system, new world order and financial system that began during the, uh, after the First and Second World War or during that time. You had a whole new world order as in powers and powers with the Russian Empire, with the American Empire and all these different things <coughs> that happened. But now there's a whole new thing. But what's important is what was God doing? And I want to encourage you today. I believe we're living in the day that it is very likely that the Lord Jesus would come right now during this time, during this new order that is just coming. Very likely. Why? Because Israel is a nation. The Turkish Empire and the Russian Empire are gathering together in what is happening in the world today. You can see them meeting with President Erdogan in Turkey to discuss different peace options for what is happening in the world today with Ukraine and so forth and Russia. And this is what's happening. And God had said in Ezekiel 36 and somebody said 38, he had said that these nations would come together to come to Israel to try to bring about a change in the world that only God can bring and that God himself would come down and bring judgment to, to the world. So I believe we're living in a day that things are about to happen. And what's the point of the or saying all this? We need to be ready. How can I be ready? I'll read to you. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, Jesus said. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. The Lord Jesus Christ clearly said, I am coming again. And here in 1 Corinthians, oh, I love this part of the scripture. It says, I thank God, verse 4, always concerning you, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, for the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus, that you were enriched in everything in him, by him, in all utterance and all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ is confirmed in you. <clears throat> so that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of the Lord Jesus, eagerly waiting for his appearing, so to speak. 
who will also confirm you to the end that you may be blameless in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. For God is faithful by whom you were called into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, eagerly waiting for his appearing. You know, this started on the very moment that Jesus went to heaven and the disciples were standing there and two angels appeared to them because they stood there looking steadfastly towards heaven as Jesus went up. And behold, two men stood by them in white apparel and also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Jesus will come again in the way that he went. A cloud took him out of their sight and he will come with the clouds of glory the scripture has promised us. And I think it is so important today in the day in which we live in that we are ready for the coming of the Lord. That we are ready, that we're looking for for him eagerly. What must I do in these times, Pastor, while the world is in such turmoil? Look, look for the coming of the Lord Jesus. Keep your eyes on the author and finisher of your faith and with joy, tell him, Lord Jesus, here I am, I'm ready. I'm looking for my eternal home in heaven that you prepared for me. I'm looking for your coming, Lord. I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm a member of your own household. Ephesians 2 verse 18 says, Oh, Lord Jesus, I'm so grateful. I'm looking to you. Look what Jesus says here in the Gospel of Luke chapter 21. starting in verse 25. And there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear, and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Cosmic things are about to happen. Are you serious? Oh, yes. And you will not need a Hubble telescope or the new telescope they just launched a little while ago to be able to see it. You'll be able to see it with your bare eyes. Cosmic movement in the heavens. And it's not for science fiction entertainment, but it is to remind us that we have one sitting on the throne, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, by whom's word all things are upheld in their position and place, and by whom's word they are moved out of place. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now, when these things begin to happen, look up, Lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. When these things begin to happen, look up. What should I be doing today, Pastor? Look up to Jesus more than ever and tell others, Jesus is coming. Are you ready to meet him? He's coming for salvation for those who eagerly await him and for judgment for those who've refused him. Oh my goodness, what a wonderful Savior is coming. Let me close with you today out of 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, starting at verse 3. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, 
as it is fitting because your faith grows exceedingly and the love of every one of you all abound toward each other so that we ourselves boast of you among the church of God for your patience and faith in all your persecution and tribulations that you endure which is a manifest evidence of the righteous judgment of God that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer. Since it is a righteous thing with God to repay with tribulations those who trouble you and to give you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. You know... To suffer persecution because you choose not to go along with the moral depravity of this world. And when people get offended with you because you won't agree with the way that they choose to live. And you know, we don't have to agree harshly. Excuse me, we don't have to disagree harshly. I had one young lady come to this church and she was influenced with the thoughts that she should be a man instead of a woman. And she asked me an interesting question. She said to me, Pastor Robert, why is the church homophobic? I said, well, that may be true in some places, but then you have to understand why. Why do they not see that that's the right way of living? I said, so you have to understand why people have certain passions either way. Why are people pro? Why are people not pro? And, and I said, it would be worth it to find out and not just be upset about it. I said, I know you could come here and be safe and find the love of God and find that he has an amazing plan for your life. She looked at me because I wasn't judgmental with her. And I said to her, would you like to know what God's plan is for your life? And she said, no, I don't. I said, how about we shake hands and be friends? And let me close in prayer. She shook my hand. And I said, let me just pray for you. And I prayed with her. And she felt the love of God compelling her to open her heart to him and his plan for her life. You see, there is a way in which we can disagree about some of the ways that are acceptable in this day. But I don't think we can escape the persecution of those who get offended with us because we will not follow in their ways. And friends, that is, can be a persecution that can be difficult and painful, especially when they're related to you or especially when they're people that you really love and they choose to be offended with you because you won't agree with their choices and you won't agree with their lifestyles. And I'm not just limiting it to this one example I just gave, but it can be in other ways. I know one man, he, he started speaking really mean about somebody else and he could feel me pulling away from him. I didn't say anything and he looked at me and he said, all you ever want to do is love people. And I said, I cannot go to the darkness you just now go to. <coughs> I can't go there. But you can come to the light that I go. And you see, there is that choice today. But it's not 
I think possible to live this way and not endure some persecution that can be really painful and difficult, but better suffer the persecution now and the reward when the Lord comes and shows that the choice you made was not just in cruel disagreement with others, but was in love for Christ. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.14, it's the love of Jesus Christ that compels me to live the way I do and no longer live to just please myself. But I now live to please him who loved me and died for me because if one died, we've all died to the life we used to live and therefore we now live for him. You see, we're not just being hostile to a certain lifestyle that we ourselves Many of us entertained because Paul says there in 1 Corinthians 6, he said, but such were some of you when he's talking about immoral lifestyles and drunkenness and reviling and extortion and so forth. He said, but such were some of you, but you were washed and made new through Jesus Christ. You see, it's so important today in the heart in which we carry that it is a heart that compels is compelled by the love of Christ. And if we then, in the love of Christ, suffer persecution from those who are upset with us because we won't go along with them, it's better to suffer now and receive the reward when He comes. Amen. Have a good day.